to Opera Off Stage. I'm Jesse, And I'm Michelle. And today we are going to talk all about teachers. The good ones, the bad ones, and what to do with them. Before we jump into that, we have a quick game of Would You Rather Music Teacher Edition ow, ow. To, <laughs> to get us started off. So first up, Michelle, would you rather forget to bring your music to a lesson or be 15 minutes late? Both of these are absolutely horrendous to me, but... I would definitely I would definitely be 15 minutes late to my lesson because that's super awkward, but hopefully like the worst thing that happens is that you don't you just get less time to warm up with your teacher. If I forgot my music, like what are we going to do the whole lesson? Like I'm either like using their copy or looking over their shoulder and then like it's just so obvious the whole time. Whereas like if you just miss the 15 minutes, like, you know, after that little awkward moment in the beginning like we're over it it's like it never happened not having your music big yikes yeah i mean this is hard for me because i do feel like most of my teachers have like a copy of whatever i'm singing in their office but at the same time like it's i oh i hate being late i hate being late i'm so easily embarrassed by it but i think i'd have to agree with you i think i would rather be late and just have everything with me than to sit there and, like, do the awkward over-the-shoulder thing. Okay, but how awkward is it if you show up to your lesson, no music, and they're like, oh, that's okay, your job this week was to memorize this piece, and you freaking don't have it memorized? Like, goodbye, You know they would me, do it, too. Bury my grave. Yeah. that You know that any voice teacher would be like, this is a good opportunity to test your memorization, and I'll be like, memorization who? I don't know her. Like, have I ever looked at this aria before? I don't know. Like, yeah, suddenly you're like, I've never looked at the rests. I don't know what they sound like. I don't know how long no they are. I know I my like, part. <laughs> I don't know the space in between. <laughs> Thanks. Worst. Worst. No, thank you. No, thank you, ma'am. Uh, Jesse, would you rather have a lesson with a teacher who genuinely cannot play the piano at all or have a lesson with a teacher who incorrectly reads your music? Oh, definitely doesn't play the piano at all. Like not like, but like can't even warm you up. Yeah, that's fine. I can deal with <laughs> that. She's ready to do those acapella scales. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, listen. What do you think I do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I just somebody doing something incorrectly is so much worse. And are you do you mean like incorrectly reads my music or un- incorrectly reads it on the piano? Um, I mean just like in general. No. See, that would take up so much time. I if they can't play the piano at all, that's fine. So yeah, I'd rather just some- have someone who doesn't play piano at all. I'd rather hire someone to come and play in my lessons. There's an answer to that one. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I would probably pick one who doesn't play piano literally at all. Although that would be really annoying if you were playing any piece of difficulty when it comes to the piano part. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, it's definitely harder, but I feel like, once again, the wrong is worse. True, true. All right, Michelle, would you rather have a teacher who never remembers what you worked on last week or a teacher who has you complete time cards for practicing? Okay, I really hate it when teachers are sticklers about the amount of time that you practice, which like I 100% understand why teachers are like that. And that's actually a good thing. But my own little toxic self hates that. (laughs) So I but I I still think I would go with with having time cards because nothing's worse than having a lesson. They're like, so what do we do? And you're like, aren't you supposed like, am I that insignificant to you? (laughs) Yeah, like the time cards 
stink, especially if you've just had like a bad week and you know you haven't practiced enough because you can either A, lie and then do poorly in your lesson and you look like an idiot or B, tell the <laughs> truth and then look like an idiot because you didn't practice. Uh, there's no winning on a bad week with time cards. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it would. it's even worse to have a teacher who it feels like doesn't care. Jesse, have you ever um, not practiced and then lied to your teacher about having yes. had practice? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no hesitation. Yeah, I think have everybody you? has. Yeah. Oh, yes, of say. course. I think that's a universal experience. But one of my favorite things is um, I just a couple too many times for comfort have gone into a lesson. I mean, I usually come prepared to my lessons, but sometimes it'll be like I've really only focused on one aria and then my teacher decides that we're not going to look at the aria I diligently practiced no, no, and look at the one I didn't the other look at piece. all. Yeah, yeah it's got to be the other piece that you literally didn't look at since last lesson. And I'll sing it and they'll be like, wow, I can really tell you practice this a lot. Like what changed? And then I'm just like, uh, <laughs> that happens to me a lot. And then my answer is always like, I don't know. I just thought about it. <laughs> I just thought about doing better and then I magically did. <laughs> Maybe it's because of that situation. You are thinking so much harder than you would have been. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, wow, I'm actually focused in my lesson thinking about all of these things at once because I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Like, interesting. Adrenaline uh, is an incredible drug. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Jesse, would you rather have to always pick your own rep, like your teacher is never going to suggest a piece to you, or have a voice teacher who basically gives you your rep and that's the only thing you're allowed to sing? Wow, that this is actually my nightmare. <laughs> it's it's actually awful of me to say this, but I think I would have a teacher who forces me to sing their suggestions. Yeah. I get so much like if I had to pick all of my own rep, I am I'm better at it now, but I was very bad at picking my own rep when I started out. And even now every once in a while I'll pick out art songs that I'm like, "Oh, this actually sounds terrible in my voice." Thanks. Oh, I want it. Let me say this. I want it to be I'll, I'll actually say always have to pick your own rep because aspirationally, that's what I have to do now. <laughs> You're like, that's my new reality. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I I would rather pick my own rep because I hate being forced to do things. Um, <laughs> so I can never study with a voice teacher who makes me feel like I have to sing something. And I think my past voice teachers will know that this is a thing about me that if they give me a piece that i don't like i'm not singing it and there's no point yeah. in trying to, to you know to get me to looking sing back it. on it i vetoed many a piece so i don't think i could do the forcing you to sing yeah because i'll just never practice it well it was funny because in grad school my sweet sweet um voice teacher was like oh you know what let's let's do something that like kind of exercises your high like you can use it as an audition aria and she wanted me to sing durch serich wow just had an aneurysm. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be singing that. She's oh, like, I why? Like that, Arya. And I was like, it's annoying. I don't like it. I don't want to be happy. Give me something sad. That's a good Arya. <laughs> no. I do not like Disagree. that Arya. It's, it's well, you have to remember that Arya, that Arya is done under duress. That's what makes it interesting is it's very chipper, but she's trying to convince him not to hurt her. Yep. I don't, anyway. She was like, oh. Okay. Michelle could not care less. Does not like it. Likes Michelle looks at happy Mozart and she's like, Ugh, Disgusting. No. <laughs> How dare you? I'm here to um, be sad. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it up with one more. Um, Jesse, right. would you rather 
study with a extremely famous teacher who comes from a great lineage of great teachers who in reality is actually a very average teacher? Or would you rather study with a teacher who has little to no connections but is a phenomenal instructor? No connections but is incredible. Easy. Because, like, it doesn't matter how good my connections are if I suck. <laughs> and, like, oh, and even an okay teacher can do damage. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'd study with the... I'm. Well, I don't know. Listen, okay teachers who are famous are for summer programs. You know, that's a good way of looking at it. That's very true. That's where you make those connections. But I'm also just thinking, like, s- studying with a teacher who has literally no connections, that'd be hard. It really would be. Because that means you, you got to get those connections from somewhere else. So that would that would be that would be real tough. But at the same time, like, I agree with you. Studying with yeah. an okay teacher is 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 a bad vibe. That was fun. Man, I feel stressed. I feel stressed. Would you rather always makes me stressed? Makes me question oh. myself. Now you know how I feel when you bring up bad food opinions. Mm. <laughs> but uh, before it? we jump into this episode, <laughs> let's let's cover a couple of announcements. Um, so you guys already know. The first weekend of every month is a good time to be alive because we do opera watch parties, but alas, we are moving this week's opera watch party to next weekend because this weekend's Easter, and I know a whole bunch of y'all have church gigs um, or are celebrating, so we're not trying to get you, we're not trying to conflict with your Easter coin, so we will see you next week for an opera watch party. Yeah. Um. In other and very fun news, we are expanding the team here at Opera Offstage. So we are going to start putting out little notices with descriptions and everything for the positions we're looking for, which will include a writer for the Opera Offstage blog, a content creator, and an audio editor. These are volunteer positions currently. Yeah, and we're super excited to continue to build this team. It's been kind of crazy that we've now... Over a year into this, it started with just Jesse and I, and we, as you guys know, expanded to a team of three with Emily, our awesome administrator. And, you know, there's a lot of content that we like to create for you guys, and we just, uh, we want to continue to build a really awesome team. So if you're interested, we'll be posting that probably in the next couple weeks. But if you already know right off the bat, you're like, hey, I want to write for the Opera Stage blog. I want to be a content creator. Send us a DM. You know, we're we're... We're interested in talking to you guys. So reach out to us and we're super, super excited to give you more information about that soon. Yeah. I really look forward to seeing who applies and getting to talk to you guys. So now let's talk a little bit about finding a good music teacher. Because I feel like when we all start out, it's very hard to know what a good music teacher is. You know, it's it's easy to be awed by someone's resume and then end up in a situation with someone who isn't actually that good of a teacher. So it can be important to have kind of a guideline on how to find someone who will work for you. So first of all, you got to know where to look. And the best, best number one way you should do it is ask your friends who are in music. Personal recommendations will always mean the most. And people who like their teachers will always be happy to recommend them. And even if you have friends who maybe say you want to find a voice teacher, but your friends all play instruments, don't be afraid to ask them either, because at the very minimum, they probably know somebody who sings or they work in a studio that includes voice teachers. Use those connections. Absolutely. I mean, going 
and asking your friends or, or peers in the music sphere, you know, you're going to get a personalized recommendation and they're not going to recommend a, a bad teacher to you. So it's definitely can take a lot of the extra work out. And I also think reaching out to local schools and seeing who they use in their programs. Uh, this is especially popular like in high school or younger because schools with good music programs usually have teachers and they usually have a private studio of their own in addition to the students that they teach in school or maybe they have after school lessons. And obviously, if they're hired by a school, that also does some of the filtering out work than, you know, randomly finding some random music teacher. So reaching out to local schools is super helpful. Yeah, you can even just find that information online. Most schools will post about their music academies or whatever, and that can just be a super great way. You can also ask local ensembles or like church groups. Choirs are super well connected and often full of voice teachers. So that's a, a wonderful way and you'll be able to hear them. <laughs> but also it's it's a great way to obviously find local teachers who are truly local to you. Which can be important, once again, especially if you're a young singer and you don't want to be traveling very far for your lessons. Yeah, pretty much any choir I've ever sung in, like half of the choir are also voice teachers. So (laughs) super easy. And then usually like in church groups, musician ensembles with churches, you know, they all know it. They, They know everybody, right? So it's super easy. Yeah. You can also go into some of these online groups that we've talked about, like empowered singers or, you know, make sure that the group is okay with this kind of question. But they have people in those groups from all over the world, and a lot of them do know really good teachers. It's a little harder because you're asking about a specific place, so unless that group is specific to your city, it may be a little trickier. But the other thing that's really great about these groups is they will also warn you about studios you should definitely avoid, which can be super handy to know. Y'all already know I love my a little Facebook group. And it's as simple as typing in musicians and then your city or like opera, your city, voice teaches your city. And if you live in a major city for school or whatever, or if you live near a major city, easy. You're going to have a couple options for Facebook groups. And, you know, it's super easy, super, super easy. And the thing I do like about Facebook groups, too, is say like you're an opera singer and you need to coach like a musical theater song and you're just like looking for a couple lessons for like to prepare maybe a piece outside of your usual genre great great place to look for you know like a a quick little fling with a a voice teacher to prepare a specific piece oh yeah so so helpful but no it is it is important to know how to find a good music teacher because when you really think about it when you're like a middle schooler or high schooler like usually your parents are the ones who enroll you with a voice teacher right so like you as a kid don't have like a ton of say in it per se and then like when you get older and you go to you know an undergraduate program or a graduate program like you're usually assigned a teacher unless you like really spend the time to like vet a teacher before going to that school so we kind of have find ourselves in this interesting position where we're assigned teachers and then we kind of need to see like what the vibe is so here's what to do if you are scoping out a new teacher number one you should definitely ask to talk to some of their students because their students in their studio are going to be very honest about their experiences. And I would say usually when you're studying with a teacher, unless this teacher is like, yikes, you'll say good things about your teacher. But it's also good to hear feedback from the people who have been studying with this potential new teacher. Yeah. And I think the other thing is when you talk to these students, 
The other thing you'll learn really quickly is if the students in the studio have similar goals to yours or even just if you get along with them, because that's going to tell you a lot of wh- whether or not you're going to get along with this voice teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, a teacher's studio can tell you so much about them and can tell you a lot of things that that teacher couldn't necessarily like verbalize about themselves and their teaching style. So if you have access to kind of like scope out their studio, you really, really should. And here are some things that I think you should probably keep in mind. You know, a lot of teachers will have like studio recitals or they'll have like a, a maybe like an Instagram for their studio. So if you have act- access to that, you should be asking what is the average level of training or like kind of general skill of their students? Because let's say you're taking voice lessons for the first time. And let's say like this teacher is sending students off to like win met competitions, right? Like maybe you can save yourself from money, some money and, and start with a different type of teacher. Or maybe if you can tell that your teacher is a new teacher and doesn't have a ton of experience, but is really nice, but you're looking for somebody who's really professional and, and has a lot of connections, then that, that'll tell you a lot. Yeah. Um, you should also keep in mind, like, what are their students accomplishing? Are you about to study with a teacher that's getting their students into good schools, into good YAPs that are placing in competitions or are really involved in local ensembles like that's really good information to know ahead of time yeah and if you can actually like listen to what they're singing and everything you'll catch on pretty quickly if there are any noticeable issues with the studio you know if if that teacher tends to give rep that doesn't seem to suit their students or if there's like a bit of an odd technique thing going on between some of them it's pretty easy to get a really quick idea of how things are going to turn out Yep. The the number one thing, though, that you should always, always, always do when you are looking at new teachers is do a trial lesson because you will learn, obviously, so much doing a trial lesson with a teacher. It's nice. It's a little bit lower pressure because nobody's made any decisions yet. And it's a great chance to get to ask the teacher about your goals, about what they think you can accomplish, about their studio. And sometimes you can even have these be shorter. You know, normally, depending on what you're doing, you most lessons are 30 minutes to an hour. You can always do a 30-minute lesson instead of an hour if you feel a little bit stressed out by the situation. And most teachers are very happy to do trial lessons. You will have to pay most people because it is a lesson all the same, but some of them you actually don't. Yeah. I don't think I paid for any of my grad school trial lessons. That's not always true, though, so don't have any expectations and be prepared to pay. Yeah, I would say expect to pay. Sometimes you're right when you're when people, I mean, when you're auditioning for a school and you are looking at a teacher who's, you know, faculty, yeah, a lot of them will offer free trial lessons because it's just as much of like kind of a mini audition for them as well. But be prepared to pay if it's not like a school situation. And then I would definitely say that you should always ask to see their studio guidelines and their syllabus. And this is so important because you can learn so much about a teacher from their syllabus. If their syllabus is sketchy or has like wild like additional fees or like crazy cancellation policies or like anything weird like that, you need to know that ahead of time before you sign anything or start studying with this teacher. And that should definitely be, you know, a conversation. And I wouldn't say that that happens all the time. But if a syllabus is sketchy, you better run. The other thing that's really nice about the syllabus, it we will kind of tell you if that teacher's goals align with yours. Because you may be going into music lessons because you just want to be better at your instrument, whatever it is. 
and but you also have a job so maybe you need things to be more flexible but they are a very serious like i train professional musicians kind of teacher you're gonna learn so quickly what their goals are from their syllabus and you should in the same way come in with a clear idea of what your goals are because if you walk into these trial lessons if you sit down with the teacher and you just tell them exactly what your goals are you might save yourself a lot of trouble in the long run because most teachers will be honest with you you know if you come in and you're like i love musical theater i want to be focused on musical theater they may tell you well i train classical singers or i train pop singers i don't really do musical theater most of them will let you know if they don't think your goals align with what they teach best oh y'all Really, this is so important. Let me let me give you a little story time. <laughs> I took piano lessons as an adult with the oh, piano Oh, we teacher. took piano lessons from the same teacher. Okay, yeah, well, this is not that same teacher. This okay, is not sorry. the teacher we share. This is a different teacher before we had the same teacher, which was a godsend. But I was studying with the first teacher, and I took piano as a kid. Didn't really retain any of it because, once again, I cannot be forced to do things. I hated being forced to play the <laughs> piano. Therefore, I hated it um, and gave it up. Um, I and I obviously, like, I can doodle around on the piano. I can, like, play some basic stuff. But I was like, I need to uh, really prepare for these piano exams. So I'm going to start taking lessons. So I take lessons with this teacher. And we sit down. And I don't know how we got to this point, but uh, for my first lesson, and he was like, all right, so what are we playing? What, 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 are, like, what are the pieces that you have? And I was like, oh, um, well, I was kind of hoping that we could work out of a book or something. Like, do you have a book? Because I don't play the piano. And he was like, what do you mean you don't play the piano? And I was like, what do you mean? What do I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, no. I don't play the piano. Oh, no. And he was like, he had nothing for me. And he was like, oh. And then, like, at the end of that first lesson, he was like, I don't know how to teach someone who doesn't play piano. And I was like, oh, no. Well, what are we going to do? And he's like, here, buy this book of, like, random piano exercises that, like, would not train me to to play piano as a beginner. Like, maybe would be, like, what a professional piano uses to warm up. But I was like, um, worst experience. Because I had to take, like, a whole semester with this person. And I would like like to point out that that's just a bad teacher. Bad, in general bad. well because like the teacher the teacher that i mentioned that michelle and i shared he taught all of the people he not all of them he taught a good number of the people who were majoring in piano performance and he still was able to train michelle and i who were not doing that in the slightest <laughs> yeah my second teacher and i were way more on the same page oh he was gosh like, oh rest in peace oh what a oh, my great gosh. man Loved him. But yeah, all that is to say played, is I could have been Played the Gilligan's spared. Island theme for him. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been spared from many, many, many an awkward lesson uh, feeling like an actual piece of garbage because I, I wasn't a professional pianist. I would simply have passed away right there. Yeah, I think I did, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This is a great lead into our next topic, which is what if you have a teacher and it's not working out? <laughs> Oh, I think as musicians, we constantly question whether or not we are the problem. Like, it's just it's hard because when you're new to music or when you start with a new teacher, it's very easy to wonder, like, if we're not reaching other people's expectations for us, we tend to just assume that it's us, that we aren't good enough. We're not trying hard enough. But there really are bad teachers out there or even just teachers whose style of teaching doesn't work for you. And so 
here are a couple ways that you can kind of sort out if maybe you're not with the right teacher for you. Yeah. So we'll break this up into into two sections. So signs your teacher isn't the right one for you, honestly, can all be broken down to you constantly feel uncomfortable around them for pretty much any reason. And I'm not saying that you need to be like BFFs with your teacher, that you need to be like total buddy buddy. Like you can thrive in a very like, you know, maybe like non-personal but professional relationship, but you need to feel comfortable experimenting and also ultimately failing in your lessons. And if you're always kind of on edge for really any reason, you're not going to be able to kind of tap into that vulnerable position that allows you to experiment and grow. Yeah. You you just have to be able to be comfortable. Otherwise, you're kind of wasting your time in a lesson. Absolutely. Another big sign is that there is a disconnect in communication. You could be studying with the most incredible renowned teacher in the country, but if their style of communication doesn't translate, your progress is going to suffer. And this can lead to a lot of different problems. It can lead to a lot of tension between your teacher and you because they know what they're trying to say, but you don't. And they feel like they're <laughs> explaining it clearly, but you have no idea what they're asking of you. And so then you get into this frustrating position where they feel like the concept that they're describing is easy, but because the way they describe it, it's just you don't get it. And then it can lead to even bigger problems with your technique because you think you're doing what they're asking. But once again, it's getting lost in the communication. And this just happens. Like, this is nobody's fault. Sometimes people have different communication styles, you know. And there are also people who I know some musicians who love to be yelled at. I don't like to be yelled at unless I've really done something wrong. (laughs) So everybody has a different communication style. Everyone has a different teaching style. And it's important to notice if, if you feel like, the way your teacher talks to you doesn't click. Yeah. A lack of communication or you not syncing up with the way that you two communicate doesn't really mean that like you're a bad musician or they're a bad teacher. Like sometimes people just have different ways of understanding each other and different ways of communicating. You know, no harm, no foul. It's just not going to be the one for you. And then another really big thing that you will you will pick up on if your teacher that you're studying with isn't really right for you, you will feel that you aren't making noticeable progress within a reasonable amount of time. Now, obviously, anybody who pursues music in any capacity knows that most of the major pillars in technique take months, if not years, to develop, right? So we're not saying that, like, you studying with, like, a teacher that's right for you means you're going to, like, make progress at the speed of sound, but... At the same time, you're usually able to notice when you're not progressing at a reasonable speed. You know, if you're kind of iffy about your teacher, listen back to recordings and ask yourself, have you improved in the areas that you've been working on with your teacher? And if the answer is no, why is that? And then another question to ask yourself is if you're working on the same rep or the same concepts for extended periods of time, like months, without your teacher really helping you find a new way to approach the concept or a new way to think about it, like, what is that? You know, because most, (laughs) any decent teacher should have multiple ways to explain the same concept. And if you just keep, if your teacher just keeps telling you, like, this is the way to do it, this is the way to do it, like, just keep trying this and lots of time has passed and no progress is being made, like, maybe it's just not the right fit. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. A lot of the things we just described, once again, are nobody's fault. Sometimes you just don't click with somebody. It's why those trial lessons are so important. But if you're already there, like like you said, 
listen back to yourself and see if you're making progress in the way that you want to be making progress because that that really will tell you if you're on the same like communication wavelength and if you are also on the same pace as you want to be because some teachers are also they just take you too slowly through things sometimes (laughs) that can Mm -hmm. be another frustration so yeah listen back to your stuff and and figure out if you really feel like your teacher and you are the best fit for each other However, there are teachers who take it a step further and are truly just bad teachers, like Michelle's piano teacher, who simply, there's no such thing as not knowing how to teach a beginner. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. If you don't know how to teach beginners, you don't know how to fix the building blocks of what you do. I would not trust you. I wish that there had been like a camera in the room. Like I wish that this experience of mine could have been like looked back at in the format of like the office because it would just (laughs) Just be me panicked looking at the camera being so confused so like literally visibly sweating (laughs) great time but tell tell us some uh to some signs of a bad teacher jesse well number one is ignoring your goals or steering you towards their preferred type of performance. And I see this a lot in the classical sphere, is a classical teacher will take on a student who wants to sing pop or wants to sing musical theater and tries to push them into classical. And there's nothing wrong with teaching parts of classical training that you think are applicable. But if if their that person's goal is to sing pop or musical theater, then they need to be with a teacher who specializes in that. Absolutely. And anyone who ignores your goals, who at the very minimum, isn't helping you reach them. Maybe your goal is out of your reach at this point, but the pieces and the things they assign you should be working you towards these ultimate goals. And if they're just ignoring that for their own sake, then that's a bad teacher. (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes this is also sneaky in that, like, sometimes voice teachers of a certain voice type will try to morph you to also fit their same voice type. I see this with people who have really big voices. Sometimes uh-huh. when they train small voices, uh-huh. is I see them give like really big rep to a small voice, which can be rough because they're used to teaching big voice. <laughs> That's what they know. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes voice teachers will be great voice teachers for the the types of voices that they're used to training. But if you're outside of that niche, then sometimes there's this there can be some weird trying to get you to fit into the way I know how to teach rather than like teaching you for the instrument that you are. That's a slippery slope. That can lead to a lot of technique issues. So you really need to make sure that they're steering you towards the best version of you and yeah, <laughs> everything that actually looks like. And then, you know, kind of in that is if your teacher assigns you rep that's inappropriate, like consistently inappropriate or harmful, that's bad. Your teacher needs to be well-informed on appropriate repertoire for your voice and age, not the voice that you'll be in 10 years from now, like the voice you are right now. And a good teacher will push you, but not towards music that will hurt you. Yeah. And a teacher who ends up pushing back on the music that you suggest, like say you have an aria you love, but your teacher knows that aria is for a 30-year-old and not for a 20-year-old. A good teacher may push back on you. A teacher disagreeing with you about rep that you suggest is not a bad thing. (laughs) And never be afraid to ask why a piece was assigned to you. Because maybe the piece was assigned to you and you may not feel like it's a good fit, but they want to... They want to get your registration in order, and this is a great piece for registration. Never feel afraid to ask why you're getting certain pieces. Because you may learn that a piece that you thought was bad actually has some very important lessons for you. 
this is once again one of those really great moments where you go and listen to people's students though both of these because Mm -hmm. when you go and listen to their students you may realize oh all of these people are huge voices or maybe they're all coloratura or maybe they're all x y and z you'll learn very quickly if there is something like that going on or if they're assigning pieces that aren't good for the the students they have at the age they are so once again critical (laughs) the other this is the big no-no this is a big pet peeve of mine any teacher who blames you when you say a technique is causing you strain that's a sign to run (laughs) run 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 okay because it's okay for them to say like oh let's adjust something's going on here because obviously if something's causing you pain but if they're saying like pain shouldn't be happening that's on you that person will damage your voice and not apologize for it yep and you should never be pushing through pain you should always be adjusting or you should be trying something different or they should be re-explaining the technique and working on it with you but if you are in pain and they think that's okay no 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 no. honey we gotta flee (laughs) we gotta run (laughs) at maximum speed because that is future damage and just damage upon damage building and building and that's gonna be a really deep hole to try and dig yourself out of pain is always a bad sign also you probably have a bad teacher honestly if they refuse to clarify when instructions or directions are unclear this to me is super like inexcusable because communication is key and any decent teacher like i said should have multiple ways to explain the same concept because i mean if you're a teacher you know that you have different students who learn in different ways and you should always have a variety of ways to explain a concept and if that person's like you didn't get it? Well, sucks for you. I'm just going to keep hammering the same instructions to you. Like, what is that? That's not teaching. Yeah, no. And any teacher who puts you down for not understanding a concept right away, once again, is just a bad teacher. Half of what we do in singing feels rudimentary. How many times have I gone through and worked on breathing? Something that is automatic in humans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of times we have to go back to basics to fix things in our technique. So, Any teacher who makes you feel bad about that or shames you because you don't get something right away is not someone you want to be in a room with for long hours. Nope. Oh, here's another big old red flag. Overly involved in personal matters. And, like, I say this as someone who has been very close with some of my teachers. Like, you should feel free to share or not share as much about your personal life with a professor. There are professors who will ask really rude personal questions of you and you are not obligated to answer yep they have literally no right to know about your family or your personal life you get to choose what you share because you're paying them yeah it's not (laughs) you're not obligated to tell anybody anything and if they share their personal problems with you that's also a big warning sign you're a voice student or a music student not a therapist Mm mm-hmm Yeah, it's definitely important to draw boundaries there because otherwise, if you just kind of let it continue and you're uncomfortable, then it's just not a good situation and it kind of just becomes a bigger deal than it should have ever been. And listen, if you are really close with your voice teacher and you guys do share personal things, that's fine. As long as everyone's on the same page. Yep. Yep. Man, here's here's a heavy hitter. You have an objectively bad teacher. (laughs) This is just a fact. (laughs) Okay, I'm going on air and saying this is just an actual fact. If your teacher belittles you or attacks you as a person, that is really, really inappropriate and very bad. Tough love is one thing and some people love tough love. That's me. I love it. 
But you should never leave lessons feeling attacked or belittled. Yeah. No. I mean, there is no reason that they should ever be talking about who you are as a person. It should always, always be about music. (laughs) And there is just a bad thing in music that we do where we think that putting ourselves through really awful teachers makes us strong enough to actually be musicians. That's not true. Withstanding cruelty will not make you stronger. It will only hurt you. It will only give you neuroses. It will only lead to uh, just ongoing trust issues with our industry. You do not have to sit there and be insulted by somebody. Nope. Especially personally. Like it's one like it's like we've been saying, it's it's one thing if it's about the music, but if they are attacking you personally, like just walk. Just walk. Yep. Do not do not tolerate that at all. And and another huge one, if someone does not believe in your ability or your future as a musician, just you gotta get out of there. And teachers like this, they will only be supportive of you when they think you're doing well. And the thing about a good teacher is that a good teacher is there to help you through the periods where you don't know what you're doing. Their whole point is to make you a better musician all around, which often means spending a lot of time in the parts of your voice or the parts of your instrument or the pieces that you aren't good at yet. And a teacher who only cares about themselves and not about you is only going to want you to show off what you're the best at. And they won't go anywhere near your problems. And that's that's what we have to do. <laughs> that's what lessons are for. And those kinds of teachers don't care to push you or support you in the way that you have to to get better. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, if you're studying with a teacher who does not believe in your future, then, like, what is your future? <laughs> like, there kind of is no future in that path. Like, music is just way too tough to be with somebody who's not 100% on your side and is going to be there when you absolutely bomb that audition or you mess up on stage or you're like ugly crying because you didn't get accepted into that grad school. Like you need a voice teacher who's with you thick and thin. Yeah. And you know, I'll I'll tell you a good hint that a lot of voice teachers or music teachers in general will give early on that this is going to be a problem is they will say anything that cues you that they think that there are people in this world who have it or they don't. Yep. That there are simply the haves and the have-nots. That's a terrible mindset when you have students. And that means that they're really only looking out for the people who they think are already ready. Yep. Yeah. If you get the sense that they don't believe in your future or don't believe in your ability or your potential down the line, and they are not the one who's like, you know, maybe you should study with a different teacher or like, you know, maybe we should like change our approach or our goals. They're not doing that. Then at that point, they're only in it for the money. They're in it for that weekly check that you give them to come and practice some music and they just take your money, but they know you're not going anywhere. And that's such a horrible position to be in. Yeah. I mean, a good voice teacher is going to be on your team. They are your like number one cheerleader. That's what they're, that's what they should be. Yeah. So let's say you've just listened to us go through that whole list and maybe you've got a voice teacher who just doesn't click with you or maybe you've got a truly bad teacher. So now what? (laughs) Here's the thing. Whether they're a bad teacher or just not the right teacher for you, it can be really tricky to leave a teacher without feeling like you're burning a bridge. And that's a really anxiety inducing thing in an industry as small as music, especially if you're in a music department and you're switching teachers. 
So let's talk about some ways that you can navigate leaving a teacher who's wrong for you. All right, here, folks. I feel very <laughs> passionate about this. I have been very blessed to study pretty much almost exclusively with great teachers. But here's a thing to keep in mind and things that I would tell friends who were studying with teachers that didn't fit them or were draining the life out of them is that you are paying them that real cash money to do a job. And you're allowed to have some control over that experience. And you're allowed to have some reasonable boundaries and expectations about what that person gives you in return for your hard-earned money. Okay? So if they're treating you like crap, you're the one that's paying them to treat you like crap. And that's like what in any other circumstance, you would never, ever, ever do that. Nobody goes to an expensive restaurant and then is just happy to pay if they got really bad service. Right? Like it's honestly kind of hilarious. It's the same thing. And so if you're studying with a really bad teacher who's giving you bad advice, who isn't on your team, who doesn't believe in your future, like you need to stop paying this person because like they don't deserve to be your teacher. And you need to get to a point where you empower yourself to not be spending your money on a person who treats you like crap. Exactly. I, like I said, it, it's honestly almost funny that like you think you think about the situation where you are literally paying someone to make you feel bad. It, it doesn't exist in any other circumstance. So it's just like, and and that's hard. Yeah. that it, It's hard to get to a point where you can realize that so objectively, but that's what's happening. And you deserve better than that. Yes. And even if you're in school and, you know, your voice teacher was assigned to you or whatever, you still are allowed to have reasonable expectations and you're still allowed to leave. Trust me, plenty of people when I was in undergrad and in grad school swapped teachers. It happens all the time. You are not alone. One of the other things I would really say if you decide to leave your teacher is don't over explain. I know our inherent feeling is like we have to tell somebody like, well, I just think this teacher is, you know, may be able to help me better with this thing. Or I felt like the technique was hurting me. We feel a need to tell them everything. You don't actually even have to have some deep, heavy reason to leave. And if the teacher really wants to know why you've decided to switch, they will ask for the explanation. And then you can sit down and have that conversation with them. But very often, I feel like people dig themselves further in a hole by over explaining. I know you feel the need, but don't worry. Okay, don't stress about it. You're allowed to simply say, hey, I've decided that I'd like to swap teachers for next semester or I've decided to leave the studio if you don't really feel the need to tell them you're switching teachers. That's it. Like that, you don't have to give uh, an essay. Yeah. The other thing that can really help though is say thank you sometimes even if you don't mean it. Mm -hmm. Even if you walk away from a teacher and you're like, I feel like I learned nothing from this person, unless they've really wronged you, unless they've actually done something truly wrong, in which case you don't owe them anything, write them a little thank you note for their time and knowledge. And that can often like really soften the blow of this and let you both walk away from it, maybe feeling a little better. And I know that sounds a little disingenuous, but it's polite and it makes things easier. So unless they've done something terrible, leave a little thank you note. Yeah, I think also at the same time, then they can't like... You know, if you're really concerned about them, like, ruining opportunities for you, like, if you go the extra mile to just be like, thank you for your time, like, I appreciated studying with you, like, I wish you all the best, like, whatever, then, like, that person can't be like, oh, they were so horrible and they just switched 
on me and I can't believe they did this. Like, I wasted all this time teaching the student. Like, there's not a lot of room for that anymore. And so, like, you're kind of safe on both ends. And then, like, everything's pleasant. Most voice teachers might feel a little bad that you're leaving the studio, but voice teachers also get it. Voice teachers were also at some point singers, which means they understand that sometimes things just don't work out. But a, a thank you note is a nice way to make it like, it's nothing personal. We're all just doing our best. In that same vein, don't trash talk your old oh, teachers. Okay? <laughs> Please because don't. It's, it's totally fine to warn other people if they really wronged you or you really think that they're a bad teacher or they really messed up your technique. But just remember that gossip travels so fast in music and it will almost always get back to them. Oh, yeah. So don't say anything that you basically don't wouldn't say to their face. Because also, I think the other thing is that, like, you'll have a teacher and maybe you like maybe it really was like just an okay teacher and it just didn't work out. And then you find a new teacher and you're like, yeah, well, my old teacher did this or like I like you so much better because yada, yada, yada. My old teacher was like the worst. Like, don't do that. Because especially if you switch within a school setting, like your teacher and your old teacher are still colleagues. They still interact. And it usually just makes you look worse than your old teacher that you're trash talking. Yeah. You can cause more problems with that because I get your teachers talk to each other. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to say if something specific happened in a lesson where you were like, well, we used to try it like this, but that felt painful to me. Like specific things like that. But being like, well, so and so is just an idiot. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah. Be careful with anything like that in music departments, because I I guarantee you it will make it back to that person, and it will be worse than how you said it. (laughs) Yep. Also, just remember, like I said, voice teachers and and music teachers in general are super used to this. People switch all the time. Sometimes people even just switch for a semester just to have someone help them with something specific. Say one teacher, you know, is really good with Baroque music or whatever it is, Um, or just to get a different experience. So if you handle it with with some tact, it really won't be that big of a deal. And if you don't make a big deal out of it, it really won't be as big of a deal. Um, that said, if if your voice teacher who you're leaving does make a big deal out of it, does make a big stink, does start insulting you, um, then just live with the peace knowing that you've made the right decision because they're obviously terrible. Yeah. <laughs> if they do react poorly, you've only solidified the fact that you are making the best decision. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. And to end on a positive note, you know, let's say you left your bad voice teacher, you left a voice teacher that wasn't wasn't on your side. Here are some things that you're going to notice after finding a great teacher for you, especially after having a bad one. And the number one thing I would say is progress. It's incredible how much progress you can make shortly after starting to work with a teacher that actually suits you. If you feel comfortable with a teacher, if you know that they're going to be still on your team when you're not singing so great or you didn't make it or didn't place in that competition, like when you feel supported and they're communicating the concepts and you're absorbing them easily and they're giving you great rep suggestions, the progress that you're going to experience after coming from a not so great teacher situation is going to be tremendous. And that is just going to be such a weight off your shoulders. Like, I feel so relaxed just even thinking about it. (laughs) Like, It brings me so much happiness. And you're also not going to dread going into your lessons or preparing for your lessons because you know your, your body knows everything. Your body is a very objective viewer. 
of how you feel about situations. And you're not going to be carrying all that weight knowing that you're about to be put in an uncomfortable situation or you're about to be shamed or you're about to get shot down. Like you're just going to go into your lesson knowing that, hey, I'm here to have a good time and I'm here to get better. Yeah. And and you're going to feel so much more comfortable experimenting and asking questions because it's going to be a much safer learning environment for you, which is super important because our teachers are the people who tell us when we do something crazy, whether that worked or that didn't. But you can't be afraid to try new things. Like a teacher should be there to be that person you bounce ideas off of. And and having that kind of experience when you are in a studio with a good teacher who clicks with you, it is such an empowering feeling. You, you feel so much more confident and so much more capable in the hands of a good teacher. Absolutely. So if you listen to this episode and you're like, well, shoot, I don't think my teacher suits me. I might be studying with a bad teacher and you're really scared to leave that teacher. I would just really, really encourage you to kind of like do that inner work and get to a place where you're just like, you know what? It's time to let go of these feelings and the situation. I'm ready to just start fresh because there's such an immense light at the end of this tunnel and you will be so relieved when you're no longer in that situation and are making the progress that you deserve to be making. So really, I, I know it can be so scary and it can feel like it's going to be a really big deal and like I'm going to get blacklisted. So rarely is it that actual you know, is it actually that high stakes? So I really, really encourage you to look at your current situation and be a little brave and say goodbye to that teacher. Good advice. We hope, we do hope this episode has helped you, especially if you are in the midst of finding your new teacher or maybe figuring out if your old teacher is right for you. And if we have helped you at all, it would be super helpful for us if you would give us a review. They mean the world to us, and I'm not even kidding. We do spend a lot of time looking at them, reading them, sending them to each other, and we talk about them on the podcast when we get them. It really helps us find more people and grow our audience so we can tell more people about their bad teachers. (laughs) Yep. So if you have a second, hop on Apple Podcasts, leave us a little review. We'll read it on the podcast. It is just so helpful. Yeah. And if you're not already, we have a newsletter for anybody who might be a first time listener or just kind of forgot that we have a newsletter. (laughs) We have one called Offstage News and uh, we don't send them out too often. So you don't have to worry about spam, but we do send out freebies. We send out discount codes. It's a great way to keep in the loop on any sort of new products. Right now, we actually have, if you sign up on our website, opera-offstage.com for that newsletter, you get our free resume template. And that's going to be going away soon and moving into our shop. So if you want to grab it while it's still free, head over to our website and subscribe. It's a great way to keep in the know of everything happening with us here at Opera Offstage. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.